RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You may remember about a month ago, we chatted to Dr. Alison Goodwin and Rachel Mortimer. Uh, she was from NZTSOS. And if you take your mind back to that interview, if you listen to it, you would uh, remember that we were talking then about the appeal taken by NZTSOS on behalf of teachers. And Alison was uh, sort of involved in that because the doctors were doing the same thing. Alison joins us again. Nice to see you back, Dr. Alison Goodwin. Thanks for coming on. Morning, Paul. Lovely to um, talk to you again. Okay, so since we had that chat with you and Rachel, there's been a kind of uh, a change in things because now um, the what the doctors have broken off from that because the legal system and all that sort of stuff. You can explain that. And now you're here to tell us about your individual circumstances now and what you're about to to face up to tomorrow, Wednesday. Yes, that's right. So, well, yes, so New Zealand doctors speaking out with science, NZDSOS and NZTSOS, both challenged the vaccine mandates for healthcare and education workers. Um, oh, dear, it was back in February or so last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the... Uh, the judge came up with the decision that no, the mandates were um, it was all right and proper and and nothing nothing wrong there. So as a group of doctors, we decided we weren't going to take that um, that any further just because we'd spent a huge amount of money uh, on that original court case. But the teachers decided that they were going to appeal that decision, um, and so. I guess I've just been interested in that, in that case because it, it it was about the right to decline medical treatment. And as a doctor, that was uh, one of the things that has got me into trouble with the medical council, standing up for for people's right to decline medical treatment. Um, so, I, yes, I followed the teacher's uh, appeal and we're just waiting for the outcome of that. It's now nine weeks since that was heard in April this year. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's the, the doctor and the teacher part. But yes, my own individual situation is that um, because of public comments I made um, in late 2020 and, and 2021, the, the Medical Council decided to suspend my practising certificate. Um, and so this the, the appeal that's happening uh, tomorrow is about um, me challenging the Medical Council's ability to um, suspend me over the basis of comments I made. Um, what is the status of your practicing certificate right now? Uh, so I do, I do have my practicing certificate back. I was suspended in January uh, of 2022, and then the medical council um, did issue me with another practicing certificate in November last year. So when I was suspended. It was on the basis of my conduct, uh, how I'd conducted myself and how I, speaking publicly. When they reissued my practicing certificate in November, 10 months later, uh, it had conditions uh, on it, uh, but they, they were, the conditions were placed there on the basis of my competence. And so uh, the conditions related to what I, you know, if I was going to speak publicly about COVID-19 or anything to do with the vaccine, I had to say that my views were minority views. And if I was treating patients for COVID-19, I had to use particular um so compelled pathways. speech what was that compelled speech is what they well, compelled, were well yeah well can, yes i had to do my little disclaimer about you know i've got minority opinions but you know they'd have preferred if i didn't say anything actually yeah. um and so that was the idea was to try and stop me um putting my medical opinion out in the public arena and what's that difference in in the way they um you mentioned competence versus 
the conduct, the conduct, the original thing that you were pinged for. Well, why the shift? Yes, well, I haven't quite figured that out. I'm not. I'm not quite sure because they come under different sections of the Health Practitioners Competence Assurance Act. I can't remember the numbers, but um, one thing is is conduct. Uh, you know, improper conduct can get a doctor in trouble, uh, but also incompetence can get a doctor in trouble. Um, but yeah, they come under different sections. I'm not quite sure why that changed because there was no. You know, it was my conduct. It was my public speaking that was the problem. Um, and then suddenly the conditions are there on the basis of my competence. But yes, I haven't had, I haven't had a good explanation for that. Well, um, anyone, any average person in the street would say, well, they've probably worked out that the former just won't work for them. So they've shifted the the yeah. uh, playing field to, um, to give them, uh, I don't know, some sort of plausible deniability on why they're doing this to you. Yeah. Shifting it slightly, well, I would say. Yes, yeah, well, there's been yes, a, a bit of shifting going on backwards and forwards and, um, yes, rearranging. But they still the want to get you, are. Alison. It's just how they get you, right, is what they're trying mm. to do. That's what I'd say anyway. <laughs> okay, so um, you've got this uh, hearing um, tomorrow in Wellington. What's going to happen there? Well, uh, I guess the, uh, my lawyers will say why um, the medical council was wrong to suspend me straight up uh, on the basis of what I had been saying about COVID-19. Uh, and the medical council's lawyers will argue that they were right to suspend me because I was a danger to the public and they had no other option. But they can't, uh, they can't show that now. There's no evidence to show that, right? Well, I mean, this is the funny thing about the whole legal system is that we're highly unlikely to get into the evidence. You know, I, I've made a number of statements about COVID nineteen and the government's response and the vaccine against uh, and the vaccination against it. Uh, and the medical council is implying that all the things I've said have been incorrect or misleading or unbalanced or misinformation. But there's never really been a a time where I've had the opportunity to prove what I'm saying or to, to point out the evidence behind what I'm saying. What did you been... exactly say? Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the main thing that made me speak publicly was were three ethical principles. Um, first, do no harm. And I could see that people were being harmed initially by the lockdown measures and, and the fear and things like that. Uh, and then they've been harmed by the vaccine. So first do no harm. I thought, well, hang on, we're not holding up that, upholding that. Then um, informed consent. I mean, really informed consent is the thing that, that bothered me. So normally when you're discussing medications, you should be discussing the risks uh, and the benefits and the uncertainties and the alternatives. But we were given guidance to discuss the benefits only of the vaccination and threatened that we shouldn't discuss the risks uh, and the the uncertainties about it and the alternatives. And well, I that's thought, the definition of misinformation right there, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, you're only getting part of the information. So informed consent was really what made me speak. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the public are only getting safe and effective, safe and effective, and actually there's a lot more to this vaccine than safe and effective, and they the public need to be able to hear that so they can make their own informed decision. So that was the second ethical principle. The third one was the right to decline medical treatment. And for me, that's a line that I'm not prepared to cross. If yeah. somebody says, I don't want a medical treatment, I'm not going to force them to have it. Uh, and I'm not going to be part of forcing people to have a medical treatment. So uh, those three things, first, do no harm, informed consent, right to decline medical treatment were the things that made me 
speak publicly and and I hadn't been somebody who would speak publicly in fact that would have been my worst nightmare three years ago was to be <laughs> to yeah. speak publicly uh, but I felt compelled that I had to say something and so so you were right on all of things. those you were right on that? all of those you were absolutely correct on all of those all right so so they got nothing on you there so now what what are the um you know what are they going to throw up at you at your lawyer well, I, I guess they're just going to say that they were right, that I was a danger to the public. I mean, the, I guess the crime is um, inciting vaccine hesitancy or inducing vaccine hesitancy. So what I was saying, like letting people know, well, the clinical trial isn't complete yet. This is new technology. Um, you know, just things like that, that, that people, you know, that it only had provisional consent, that there were 58 conditions related to that original provisional consent. Uh, those sort of things I thought people ought to know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're going to say, well, if people know those things, they're not going to get vaccinated. So they're they're going to be hesitant to about being vaccinated. So that that's the crime. I'm undermining the public health um, messaging. Uh, I'm disagreeing with the government and I'm not supporting um, what what the, the government was trying to do. And so that's. Uh, you know, and so they were right to, you know, the medical council is going to say, well, they were right to um, silence me or to to take away my practicing certificate because um, if people don't get vaccinated, the country's going to be in terrible strife. Well, that never happened. Well, it's in terrible strife, but it's the other way around from what I can make out. So um, they really haven't got a leg to stand on, have they, if truth is the measure? Well, <laughs> this is where it's going to be interesting because um, – yeah, I mean, the like like with the other court cases I've sat through, the science isn't going to get discussed. It's going to be the legality of, you know, what rules the medical council or you know what the what the laws are related to the actions the medical council can take. Um, and yeah, we're probably not going to discuss the science. Um, uh, so yes, I, I won't necessarily. Well, I won't be speaking. I've got uh, a couple of lawyers that will be speaking on my behalf, and then the medical council will have a, a couple of lawyers, I think, speaking on their behalf. Um, but yeah, trying to decide. Well, were they right to suspend me? Um, you know, and, and stop me practicing medicine for ten months last year. They're making fools out of themselves. Actually, this won't age well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I guess they have to doggedly hang on to something, otherwise they will be seen to be fakes. Well, yes, I guess they um, perhaps would rather it wasn't being hurt in the court. But, um, I mean, I just feel that, that if the medical council can, can silence people for having a different opinion than the government and doctors can't say what they actually think, you know, if you're going to say, well, you know, what's the point of having doctors then if doctors are all just doing government-based medicine, you know, following the guidelines of the government? I mean, I guess that's where it would go, you know, if the medical council can just stop it. Every, any doctor that disagrees with the government from practising medicine, then all you're going to have is doctors that follow the government guidelines. Didn't there won't be any second opinions. 19... There won't be any honest opinions. Didn't that happen in 1930s Germany? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yes, there could be a, a likeness there. Yeah, well, but yes, see, I, I mean it's it's chilling. I mean, it's chilling. It, it's well, chilling. it is. It is, and I mean, my case doesn't specifically involve ivermectin. I haven't um, been involved in that, but you know, a number of the other doctors in our group are um, being taken to task by the medical council for prescribing ivermectin, uh, and I mean, it's never been the case that 
that we've been told as doctors that we can't prescribe a medicine that is an approved medicine in New Zealand. I mean, it may not be an on-label medicine. It may be an off-label medicine, but doctors prescribe off-label medicines every day. Um, and, you know, it's something that we do as long as we're informing the patient, well, this isn't the official use of this medication, but we're we're finding that it's good for this. So, um, but, you know, we can do that, but we've been told in no uncertain terms regarding ivermectin COVID-19 that you cannot prescribe it and you will be taken to task over it. And, and so a number of other doctors are facing that. So effectively, the government is saying to doctors, well, these are the things that you must say to your patients and these are the things that you can prescribe for your patients or you can't prescribe for your patients. Um, and if this, you know, if we carry on down this path, like I said, you know, what's the point of having doctors if if doctors can't make their own um, judgments based on the patient in front of them, based on their training and based on their clinical experience? And the public, how can the public live with having um bodies like this acting in this way, not in their interests. Well, yes, yes. Sure. I mean, the public perhaps doesn't appreciate, and I guess that's part of um, why I'm doing this court case, is to, is to let people know that actually, you know, what what is the advice you're getting from your doctor? You know, who's pulling the doctor's strings? Who's sitting in that consultation room with you uh, when you're talking to your doctor? You know, why is the doctor saying what the doctor is saying? What do we know about the, and I haven't looked into it, but what do we know about the people who run the medical council? Who are they? Uh, well, I think there's about 13 members, um, probably about at least half of them are doctors of, of um, various types. There's a couple of lawyers on there. There's a lay person. Um, Hmm. Yes, I think that's the the main things. Doctors. When, when you say doctors, are they GPs seeing patients, or are they hung that one up years ago and have? No, no, that, no, they are clinical doctors. Uh, I don't know how many are GPs. Wouldn't want to be their patients. No, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> They're potentially good doctors. Well, um, you, you're but, tired with the brush. I'm sorry if you're on this council. In my mind, anyway, you need to walk away if you've got any ethics. Well, uh, I, I mean, I guess the question is, uh, we have been, as a group of doctors, we have written to them on a number of occasions expressing our concerns. Um, when I think we're not entirely convinced that that our messages got through all the, every time every time we sent a message, it may not have reached every member of the medical council. It may have been blocked. Um, so that, but um, why why do you think they're yeah. so we're so believing in this to the point where they're prepared to throw people's fundamental rights literally under the bus. Some may be dead now. So how do you think they managed to get to that? Have you thought about that to get to that thinking? Well, uh, I mean, we have to wonder who's influencing our Medical Council of New Zealand. I mean, supposedly it's independent, but, you know, when you look worldwide, uh, you look at the content of the letters I've received from the Medical Council of New Zealand, uh, and, you know, you look at what the Canadian doctors are receiving, what the Australian doctors are receiving, what the UK doctors are receiving. The wording is very similar about spreading misinformation, about providing unbalanced or unscientific information, uh, bringing the profession into disrepute, undermining public health. You know, the language is all the same. And, and uh, you know, one of our members um, who has worked in America or who's, you know, did a lot of medical training in, in America has uh, 
just, well, you know, told us about the Federation of State Medical Boards, an American um, yes, organization that. Yep. that that is potentially, you know, it's a, that, that works in the States, but it's got an international arm, uh, the International Association of Medical Regulatory Authorities. And it, it seems like there is a dictate from outside of New Zealand telling our medical council what to do and how to do it. And the same thing is happening to doctors around the world. Any doctor that... Um, you know, has questioned COVID-19, has tried to stand up for patient rights, has tried to prescribe ivermectin. They're all getting the same sort of messaging and and being shut down. So, um, yes, it seems to me that there's an external influence on our on our medical council. What do they say? No conspiracies, but no coincidences either. So, um, yes. <laughs> um, this sounds so us about face, excuse the term, that it's a terrible injustice. Okay, your lawyers will face off against their lawyers who know that what they're doing is <laughs> I don't know how they'll sleep at night, but I guess they will when they when they get the uh, invoice in. So um the arguments happen and and then then what happens after that? It's decided how. Well, I mean, looking at the the teachers court case and looking at um Dr. Kennedy who was up before the disciplinary tribunal uh in April, there's been no outcome from either of those two cases yet and we're nine months or nine weeks rather down the track. So I'm I, I imagine I won't find out tomorrow what the outcome is. Um I mean I well, I'm not anticipating that, but maybe I will. Um but no, I'm anticipating it could take weeks to actually tell me what the outcome is. Uh, and whether the medical council um, did behave correctly in suspending me and then stopping me from working for ten months. What is your expectation? What's your gut feel on on possible outcome here? Well, you don't, I wonder, you don't have to tell me, but I'm curious. No, no. Well, I would hope that if I mean, if common sense prevailed, it seems outrageous to me that the medical council. I mean, the thing is, no patients have complained. No harm has been demonstrated. Uh, there's the potential for harm by inducing vaccine hesitancy is is what there is. But I mean, th- I, well, they've they've the, done that themselves. They've done they've well, induced well, yes, yes, vaccine I, I hesitancy to the biggest level you could ever ever <laughs> well, imagine. Yes. These people are just fakes. Sorry, well, yeah. I know I can say that you can't, but I mean it's obvious, no, isn't can't. it? Yeah. But but the um the 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 flip side of that is uh, you know it, it, there's no patient complaints. I mean the feedback that I've had from uh, when I've spoken publicly either um, in person or or online is overwhelming appreciation. You know I, I've probably had hundreds of people say thank you so much. Uh, you you know you made so much sense. I really appreciate what you say. I appreciate you know and and none of that's taken into consideration. The fact that I might have helped people. You know there's only this threat that I've harmed people. Um, but uh, I mean, I would hope that the judges would say, well, actually, no, the medical council overstepped the mark, and it shouldn't have. Um, it shouldn't have suspended you. There were other things it could have done. Um, but you, you know, can't I don't rely know. on that, though. Can you? You can't rely on that because well, no, no, other not, cases have shown that yeah. that there seems to be scant regard for any detail of information at the level of the judiciary. They seem to just go with the experts. Well, yes, this, and I mean, I've not really had much to do with the with the law and the legal system until these last three years. And then I've, you know, sat through, I think, four court cases related to COVID and, and vaccines and mandates um, and things. And it's been an interesting experience seeing how the legal system works and how 
how it deals with or how it deals, how it doesn't deal with science, you know, scientific arguments. They seem to sort of really uh, not like scientific arguments, not like having to deal with the science and and decide, make decisions based on this on the science. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't seem to me that the legal system is the forum for the sort of discussion mm. that that I think should have happened and and should still happen. You know, a debate, a scientific debate, bringing you know one side brings their evidence, the other side brings their evidence, not just arguments and name calling and nonsense, but actually well, they didn't a discussion have any evidence. They no, no, there, have, was, there was no. They didn't have any evidence at all. <laughs> Well, they yes, just there, had, there, they there. just had happy talk and and you know wishing like hell they were right because if they're wrong they knew what could eventually happen to them. Well, yes, it, I mean I guess maybe that's part of why there hasn't been discussion and debate because um, some people will struggle to come up with the evidence. But you know, as a group of doctors, as NZDSOS, we're we, you know we're quite up for a, a yeah. discussion and a debate about you know the various things that have been done to New Zealanders. Um, in the last three years, but no one seems to, you know, everyone's silencing and censoring us and not letting our voices be heard. Well, I wish you well, and I'm sure our audience does. You've got to understand this raises my blood pressure to the roof. When I, oh, dear. Well, <laughs> well, no, that's okay. I can deal with that. But just the the sense of injustice um, that, that hangs over, well, many cases like this, but your one specifically here. And also when everything's sort of asked about face, like I say, uh, they had no evidence. They're the ones who've caused vaccine um, hesitancy by making a colossal screw-up of the whole thing and and damaging people and killing some. So, you know, it's all just gaslighting. It's all 180-degree projection. It, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, but anyway, I wish you well. We all do. And uh, we need to know what happened um, in that uh, that hearing tomorrow. We'll get back to you. Yes. Okay. Oh, thanks, Paul. Great to talk to you. Thank you. And, and good work. Good work. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.